everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and boy, do we have a huge announcement for all of our listeners today. Uh, and in order to break down this monumental announcement, uh, brought on very special guest and friend of the show, Kevin. Kevin, uh, you messaged me earlier and you said, hey, we got some big breaking news. I had no idea what you were even talking about. And uh, I'm kidding. I saw it beforehand. But why don't you let our listeners know if they haven't read the title yet? What is such? What is the hubbub today? Yes, uh, finally, after I believe teasing for at least a month, uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran have uh, finally announced, uh, they said they were going to do it in January, and they literally took to the second, I think they had partially something last night on the 30th, and we're recording today on January 31st, literally the last day of the month, to um, announce the first part of their uh, their new plan and vision for DC Studios and what they're calling DC Universe uh, moving forward. So um, a lot of great stuff in this, and as we'll get into, this isn't even all of what they initially or what they're talking about. They've um, decided to call um, each of these things chapters. So we have a title for the first one. It's called Gods and Monsters, and uh, what we're going to be discussing, they've said, isn't the entirety of the chapter, but the plan over their eight to ten uh, years that they've mapped out is for two chapters. So essentially think phase one and phase two of the MCU. And uh, at the, that conclusion, that'll be the bookend, like the end of the Infinity Saga was for MCU of those two chapters. And then they'll be uh, moving on to... Um, whatever uh, comes post that if, and I think James, I saw in the many quotes and articles that we've been reading that uh, they both were joking, like who knows if uh, well, James Gunn and Peter Zavon were like, who knows if we're even going to be there at that time. But you know, this is hopefully the plan we're going to try to uh, stick on and uh, follow along and uh, hopefully get there. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like I said, I'm not exaggerating. This is, this is absolutely huge news. I, I saw it earlier today through uh, James Gunn's video. He released a video on Twitter. Honestly, I would recommend just watch the video uh, versus trying to find, you know, oh, what, what's the best article to read or podcast to listen to just go listen to his video because uh, it has been a long time since I've seen such sincerity and passion around a project and obviously we can always point to the kevin feige presentations at hall h which are always show stoppers but um you know as of late uh marvel's announcement and preview sort of machine has been really it's been kind of off the rails in my opinion i mean sometimes you know they announce things and then oop we gotta we gotta push this thing back or push and again not not to knock marvel at all obviously they've been doing this for 10 years but what I think and, and I'd always hoped for with DC, this is probably something that many of you listening have thought about since, uh, and I think it mentioned in one of the articles, uh, 2014 was when they had announced the original DC extended universe of mm. you know, ba Batman v Superman, all that sort of stuff. And I, I remember even at that moment thinking, okay, well, at least now they're kind of like we have an idea right of what they're planning to do they're talking about a couple of movies but it still just felt so disjointed and every time you know they would mention something about it it felt like within that span of the quarter marvel would have some sort of announcement that was just a plus tier quality announcements of like oh wow oh here's our plan for the next three years but then dc would say hey we're gonna we're gonna do this and then they'd cancel it or you know it wouldn't be a good movie and marvel just consistently was making good products as it went through and i think that you know that'll be a piece of what we talk about in this too is really looking at it from a product standpoint because and, and you know we've talked about that many times before marvel dc at this point they are commodities and their studios are on a business model at this point, more so than an artistic model, which again, hey, that's the future of movies. And especially for uh, you know business units like this, so large that have so many stories to tell in such a wide berth, they have to operate like businesses. They can't operate the way DC used to operate. And so long story short to say, always was just wishing, why can't they just copy Marvel, right? Why couldn't they just you know lay out a plan for what it is they want to do? And part of me was like, well, you know, if they did, people would just say they're going to rip off Marvel. And so maybe their secret plan was, what if we just went all the way to rock bottom and then we decided to do these things? Would people take us seriously? And honestly, I think so. Um, from, from James Gunn's announcement, I'll just say, like I said, the confidence that he had uh, and the candor that he had as well of, you know, explaining certain things of like, hey, this is our plan right now. You know, there may be changes in the future, like being very fluid with everything. Whereas, again, like I said, Marvel, you know, 
we plaster it, plastered it all up on a poster. And so the minute a date changes, everyone is up in arms of, oh, you know, Marvel's busted. They're broken because they did this. Very easy for them to say, hey, we're going to move this around. But they also mentioned, too, that um, the goal being possibly, was it two movies and two TV shows a year? Mm-hmm. More than doable, I think. And, I, and you know, especially with the stuff that they listed, these things that we'll dive into. I don't know. I, I came away from that video just very excited for the future of DC and honestly really glad that they finally gave it to a couple of people who at least one of them, right. Understands comics, obviously Peter Safran. Um, he's been involved in a lot of movies. He knows a lot about the movie side of things. Um, not a lot of successful movies. I think, I think he was involved with uh, dark Phoenix and a couple of those other ones as well. You might have to cry. I'll, I'll check and see while, while uh, you talk on the next segment for it, just to, you know, what his plate was on this, but um, I, we'll start with you. This, so those were kind of my overall initial reactions was more of just a, a hallelujah. Certainly wasn't expecting this at all. And as you'll see, when we dive into these things, you know me, I love diversity and variety, and this seems like a very vari- varietal of uh, uh, different movies and shows. So, Kevin, what were your first thoughts when you saw this announcement? Yeah, some some of these really blew me away. And uh, one thing I'll add with, obviously, Alex, you and I were breaking this down here on Comics and Cinema, but um, we're going to be looking at, um, if any listeners want to um, check out further, We uh, Variety has a really great article out that... Um, puts at least for the, all the projects, that's what we're kind of gu- uh, guiding ourselves here, which has a good breakdown that you can find more info on uh, if we don't cover everything. And they also have a supplemental one, which we'll talk about too, which is uh, Gunn and Saffron clarified what the Batman and uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker means with all this, which essentially they're going into, um, which we might cover more in depth later. They're using the Elseworlds, Elseworlds branding, excuse me. And um, also, I also have up two, which I'm going to pepper in here too. Um, if you uh, Google um, on for Gizmodo, uh, James Gunn slate Q and a, they essentially, the press had a big, um, uh, uh, like a uh, group question and answer session with the two of them. And um, they had a lot of supplemental uh, insights after the slate announcement beyond that video that Alex was mentioning. So if you want to find that, I think that that'll give a lot of answers and stuff. But um, one thing, like you said, um, Alex, that I want to pull out at the moment was back in that 2014 announcement for DC with all those things up on the, um, uh, the, the slates and logos that they had yeah. at that Comic-Con, how it just felt so disjointed. You know, uh, one of these things that I'm going to pull out that Gunn said, um, and it has some uh, choice language in it, which I will bleep. Uh, he said, the history has been shit. It's been a real effed up journey for DC. Um, basically, he's saying um, they didn't have anybody of real power in charge. It was all like they were pulling direct, like some director might come in and be like, hey, I want to do this. And they didn't really have anything in charge. They said, uh, and when in this former structure gun said quote, so somebody could always go over their heads and do whatever they want. And, you know, we had the DCEU, which then became the Josh Whedon and justice league, but it also became the Snyderverse, which became this, et cetera. Yeah. And we have wonder woman and wonder woman, 1984, which doesn't even match what happened in wonder woman one. And then we have the Arrowverse, and then even us, meaning him gun and Saffron coming in with the suicide and, and peacemaker, you know, it was just all this like conglomerate of like, too many masters too many cooks in the kitchen like who was serving what you know and a big thing that we'll probably get to is that um james uh gun they said that they've been working with a writing trust and they've been trying a bunch of different people the one of the biggest ones being tom king who's a big dc writer or had been a big dc writer some people aren't super uh jazzed on the way he wrote comics especially his batman run but he knows dc comics you know and they're uh having a, they that's how they've been mapping this out and as you were saying marvel will, will put these things up on the hall h screen and then something will move and they're like we all freak out but i mean again behind the scenes they're sort of doing that too they're plotting this out you know and they have their arcs and where they want to hit and gun and saffron both were saying we're doing we're putting this we have flexibility nothing's really set in stone except for there are some some of these that are like quote unquote the pillars of this chapter yeah. that need to follow each other and then those still will but everything else can be a little bit malleable and if and they're saying they're really trying to make sure story comes first and that the story is good uh, which seems like a big departure of their they want to for these series these live action series or even these animate well animation is a little different but live action they want to make sure all the scripts are written all of them they've been like they gone through them they've revised edited revised they make sure it's all perfect so then when they get to filming 
it's good to go, you know, and it's not a question of they know what sort of the budget might be and whatever, you know, so I, it felt like a big breath of fresh air. And like, and as we're about to get into some of these projects, I'm really excited about for what they mean and some change that they're bringing in. So um, yeah, once we hit these projects and talk more, we'll get more in depth about it. But yeah, overall, I think it's, we're still processing it all and everything, but I think it's a, a very, very excited for all of this. Yeah. And, you know, that's that is something, honestly, that Marvel has not been doing a good job at. And and, and clearly with Blade, right? You know, Blade, they announced that movie years ago with only but a actor, you know, Mahershala Ali put onto it. And it's now facing delays because I, I guess, you know, a script people didn't like part of the script. There's a little bit of the director issue. But you think of it that way, if they'd have had a script at the very beginning, right, they probably wouldn't have run into some of these issues. But again, Marvel is very much like Disney um, in the sense that uh, they do not reveal a lot of behind the scenes until later, right? We don't find out about it until those really great books get released. Whereas here, DC seems a little scrappier and DC has always been a little scrappier, I think, in that in that sense. Obviously, it's been to their detriment for many, many years, but now we're starting to see, okay, here's, here's it's essentially, you know, the scrappers have finally put on a suit and they're they're ready to get to work. And I really like that. Um, so to correct, I did look this up. Um, Saffron was not related to Dark Phoenix. He has been a huge, huge piece of many of our lives, for those of you who are fans of film, specifically for Warner Brothers. Um, all of the DC movies, almost all of them, he has had a hand in producing, um, at least the current ones, Peacemaker, Suicide Squad, Aquaman, um, Shazam. But he was also a producer for The Conjuring, Conjuring 2, and one of my personal favorites we talked about recently, The Nun. Uh, and then for those of you that are fans of the uh, early 2000s terrible movies, some of the only ones I've ever given on uh, IMDb, such as Disaster Movie, Meet the Spartans, Date Movie, uh, you know, he's an animal in that regard. So I'm very excited. I think these two guys seems like they have a lot in common, but that they're different enough to be able to balance each other out in that sense. James Gunn's obviously more of the uh, director, writer type person, whereas Saffron feels more like a producer type person, which again, I think that's a perfect marriage if you're having the two people there. And I love that he's calling for term limits already, right? You know, I don't know if we're going to be here later. I think that's great. Um, it makes me it makes me very confident for that. I, so, I think that was just more of uh, if everything crashed and burned, they would. Be, oh, yeah, okay. Well, the well, well, not, he's not... doing the same thing that Kevin Feige does on every single movie. So I love that. Hey, he's d- taking the pages out of the Marvel playbook. I love it. And like I said, I wish I wish them all the success. But you know, their success is only as important as our entertainment of these pieces. So let's dive in. Um, again, the way that they described it, and we'll go over this. We're, I'm gonna we're gonna go over this in the order of they are on this variety article. But the way that it was described was there will be a couple of shows that come out in the next few years uh, that are sort of a preamble to the chapter, and then again, looking at maybe two movies, two shows a year, probably going to be on HBO Max. And and calling this out too because we didn't mention it. They said shows, movies, and gaming. They mm-hmm. said games as well. And again, you know. It's not like it's not common to have a game come out every single year from a studio. So I wouldn't expect those to be very frequent, but that's very promising again to have the game kind of like with the Jedi Fallen Order. Right. And now the new um, the new what is it? Jedi Survivor, the new Mm -hmm, one coming out, mm -hmm. those kind of tying into the Star Wars universe. And so I would almost equate as well those DC Elseworlds titles like Batman, uh, the Joker, those are very similar then to Star Wars Legends, the uh, the books that have nothing to do or Disney chose them to have nothing to do with the current canon, um, which is fine, right? I mean, you can still read the book and enjoy it. You could still watch the Batman and enjoy it. Uh, and we all do because that movie was awesome. So let's dive in. The first one here, this looks to be the uh, this is honestly feels like them planting a flag in the sand for this, uh, which is Superman Legacy. So they have announced a new Superman movie. Um, and again, for most of these, uh, we won't dive into it on all of them, but to say no actors are attached on any of these, um, no people are attached really, except for a few on this one, uh, James Gunn's actually writing it, which is awesome to me. I just, I would never have anticipated him being the one to write it. And we'll point out too, he's writing quite a few of these, which is again, glad to see him getting the work, but no director attached, no actors. It might be like gun that. though. It might be gun to direct though. And I did see they said, you yeah. know, they hinted at, or at least said, maybe it'll yep. be gun, but apparently he had a poker face the entire time. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know for sure, but man, wouldn't that be crazy? A, a, 
James Gunn written and directed Superman movie, especially after he did Brightburn, right? Which was basically like a mini Superman movie. So Superman legacy, it's not going to be an origin story. Uh, it's a, he says focuses, Saffron says focuses on Superman balancing his heritage with his human upbringing. Uh, and he's the embodiment, obviously, of truth, justice in the American way. His kindness in a world that thinks kindness is old fashioned. Sounds like something we've heard before. But uh, what I think here is the, the biggest piece that I took of this was Gunn said Superman is for everyone. That is a four quadrant film that should speak to everyone in the world. That gets me excited because I think the last few Superman movies, I, I really liked Man of Steel. Um, and I, I have not seen the other one in a long time. What was it? Superman Returns, the one that was with, uh, was it Brandon Ralph? That was yes. in it? Yep. Brandon yeah. Ralph. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, there's just something about them where it was like, again, I liked them, but you see with Man of Steel, there's a lot of people that didn't like that movie too. And to think about them saying, we want to create a Superman movie that everyone can enjoy, that's the exciting piece. Because what does that look like, right? Is he going to be a little cheesier? You know, I don't know. But um, did you have any thoughts around this? And it also says, too, this is separate from a rumored Superman movie from uh, produced by J.J. Abrams, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates of Black mm -hmm. Panther fame and uh, Between the World and Me, uh, yep. but in development, again, outside the DCU. So yeah, that would be that would be uh, one of the Elseworlds. An Elseworlds. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, which again, um, you know, I, I wonder how much um, wiggle, wiggle room they're going to get, how much leash uh, the audience is going to let them have if they're going to be making movies with multiple different actors playing them. Again, I think I think a serious fan is going to love that because especially if, say, you know, they even announced during this or something around that, right, that Batman 2 is coming out in 2025. Yep. Um, so if one of the we'll talk about it, there's a Batman movie on here as well. No release date. Um, how many years apart do you separate those so that yep. the general audience says, oh, you know, these are separate films, whereas we're going to know. But, you know, that's one thing I wonder is. Yeah. One of, the, too. one of the things I saw about that was speaking specifically to that word. A um, gun said that knowing that Batman part, the Batman part two is coming in 2025, that within six, like they're not going to put their Batman within like six months or whatever, six months or a year or whatever, you know? So it's like, they're going to, they want each of these projects to succeed. So they're, they're not going to conflict you know, or like, oh, in terms of like, uh, release dates and things, you know, so they're going to give each their space to breathe, which I think should help with, uh, the general audience. But yeah, for this first Superman, um, it's based, uh, it's going to be based off of all-star Superman written by Grant Morrison, which is one of the more of the seminal um, yeah. Superman stories out there. So that's fun. And yeah, I feel this is just going to be a way to bring Superman back to more of what he means in the comics versus the, the way Zack Snyder portrayed him in Man of Steel and the other, those other films, you know, and I think it's going to be, and it's good that it won't be another origin. So hopefully it'll be, I think, from the early reports we heard it was going to be like him working at the daily planet and maybe at that like early part of his career, you know, so it's not a big origin, but like sort of right after or whatever, he hasn't been doing it for a while, but it's not brand new to it, you know, so it should be hopefully interesting, but it's also, yeah, again, that we're starting this universe with another Superman, even though man of steel wasn't technically meant to be uh, the start of a universe, it kind of, folded its way into that, it did, you know, yeah, with kind um, of the kickoff. but the fact that like gun and Saffron are saying Superman is important and needs to be the start of the DCU, which he was in the comics. Like that's Superman's the one that started it all for DC comics. Like, so the fact that they're saying that is a uh, pretty indicative of knowing that he's hopefully going to be around and part of all of this. Yeah. And I think again, a testament to picking people like Gunn who are just full reverence for the comics and really understanding the importance of, again, you, you know, you can't like for like on those comics, but at the same time, you got to respect the source material because that's what, what made it so successful in the first place. So yeah, that's super exciting. Interesting that they chose, it says July 11th of 2025. We'll see if that's, that stays again, that far out. There's a great chance it'll get adjusted, but I'm interested why they didn't pick the, uh, uh, the week before for the 4th of July. I'm, I'm Maybe there's another movie that's coming out that week, but when you think of Superman, right, he is the American way and nothing more American than uh, the 4th of July. So that, that'll be exciting. I think that's going to be a good one. And it is, I, I think a smart call to have that be the first thing. It really does send a strong message. Here's our new universe. 
And Superman's always been the biggest question mark of people wanting Henry Cavill to come back. It sounds like they are not going to be going forward with Henry Cavill. I think that's a smart call. Again, you're starting fresh in this universe. Maybe you bring something like him back later for a Crisis on Infinite Earths situation. Or I, I'm not as familiar with DC Comics, but I think having a fresh new face is going to be really smart going forward and a, uh, a contemporary Superman too, right. Of some, mm -hmm. you know, a lot has changed since what was that? 2013, 13, that, that one came out yeah. 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So it'll be even you know, 2012, what, 13, something like that. 12 years since. So a lot has changed in our world. And I yeah, think I, a Superman that reflects the things that have been going on would be really nice to see. Yeah. And, and Gunn even said in terms of Cavill, he, he clarified that Cavill was not fired, that he just was not hired to be the Superman in this yep. iteration and that there and that there never was a deal for another movie for him. And that he essentially was saying that he kind of got um, like thrown around a lot by those previous regimes and like, yeah. and it, he kind of was like, it's like, kind of saying like it wasn't our fault like th these other people did him dirty like oh one, yeah i believe know? it i mean can so, you imagine the ending in uh black adam what right. they told him to get him to come in and do that like, yeah they they told him this is going to be a cameo and they probably were like oh we're maybe going to float around an idea we've got some and, irons in the fire henry don't yeah don't and you then worry and then guns basically saying there like there never was a, a formal there probably was never a formal deal for another movie that it was just oh. like we want him to come back and that's what they said. And then, you know, all this happened. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, I'm sure he got paid for it anyway. So, you know, he's, mm -hmm. he is doing fine one way or the other. Um, all right. So the next movie that's on here again, no release date, no actors attached, no directors. I don't even think there's a writer on this one. I think they mentioned that there's maybe it's even another one that was, it's being written. Something oh, like this that. one. Yeah. This one is being written, but uh, they did not say who by who. Okay. Yeah. Did not say who. And that is uh, the Thunderbolts. Or oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh. The the authority. Oh, okay. Um, and that's we'll, we'll get to that conversation in a second. So, um, from global fame to relative obscurity, Superman Legacy will lead directly into the Authority, an ensemble movie about superhumans who have a less than idealistic approach to saving the world. Again, this is based on a 1992 independent ent entity under DC called Wildstorm. Um, DC Comics Universe, it was merged in. Again, a lot of behind-the-scenes sort of stuff, but essentially this is going to be the Thunderbolts movie for DC, which is uh, fine, and I think based on what it says here, it's probably going to be different enough to differentiate itself, and I certainly don't think that this movie is going to come out anywhere near Thunderbolts, right? Because, you know, I just... It was amazing to me back in the day. Do you not remember the year that... Um, what was it? Civil War and Batman v Superman mm -hmm. came out the yeah. exact same year, and right. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Because um, a lot of these comics, they have the same sort of stories. And it's like the, the magic is in how are they different. And I think I, I know James Gunn. Obviously, he talks about it in some of these other ones around comparing like Rocket. He knows what's going to make this different so that people aren't comparing it to other things. But it says this, this was created by Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch uh, as an ends justify the means superhero team. An approach that appealed to uh, those two, uh, Gunn and Safran, uh, to diversify the storytelling within the DCU. So again, um, Gunn says it's not just a story of the heroes and villains, and uh, not every movie and TV show that they do is going to be about good guys versus bad guys. I'd hope not, because the landscape has already evolved past that in all of the other mediums. So basically saying what is you know entry into the door. Um, but said uh, Safran said they're kind of like Jack Nicholson and a few good men. They know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. Um, so again, not I don't know anything about the authority, uh, but from what I saw picture wise, like I said, I would equate it honestly to the Thunderbolts or a suicide squad that is not, you know, doesn't have bombs on their necks, basically. Like it's a bunch of people who are questionable that are trying to do some good that or they think is good. What did you make of this one, Kevin? Uh, yeah, like you said, I I'm not super familiar with the authority. Like you said, it's um was a Wildstorm property back when it was created, and then eventually uh, back in the New Fifty Two in two thousand eleven, they brought the characters into the into the DC Comics universe, but they didn't really use them. And I haven't really, as far as I'm aware, read any comics with them. But when you were just reading those quotes, it made me think. Um, this maybe feels like it's going to be a little bit like the boys. I think might have a little Ooh, bit. Of yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Maybe yeah. a little bit like where when you're saying that it's not just about a story of heroes and villains, and it's not going to be about good guys versus bad guys. Always. I feel like this might have a little bit of the boys um, question, questionableness to it and everything, you know, maybe a little yeah. bit of Thunderbolts, like you said, like you said. Um, so yeah, I'm, 
again, this feels like one of the one of the very early like ensemble films, you know, ensemble groupings for the film. So it's curious. Um, and I think as far as they said that they're not planning to do, um, at least at the moment, like Justice League cappers yeah. at the end of everything, you know. So it's interesting to, to that this team will be like our first introduction to some things like that. So, mm -hmm. and well, you know, and that goes back to the very beginning. Cause remember that was their one thing that they wanted to differentiate themselves for and uh, ended up shooting themselves in the foot for was they said, well, we're going to just start with a justice league movie. And then we're going to have a bunch of solo movies that kind of play out afterwards. Obviously we know how that went. It did not go well. And we can clearly see with these announcements that they've adopted that idea of let's focus on specific characters or a pre existing team like the authority that um again you know one of those ones like guardians of the galaxy where there's a team and uh, they're not the avengers but they're or a capper to the end of the thing they're just there and they exist and honestly sometimes those feel even more special because there's so much anticipation and build up for those movies and when they don't perform well to me it's way better to have a movie that you don't even know what it's about and you go in and your mind gets blown especially when it's an ensemble because you know they can break off into their own solo movies or you can have another ensemble them working with another team um yeah so that one's cool very excited all right this next one uh is not a soap opera but it's titled the brave and the bold which is a play on a batman title uh batman comic uh, and this one's from the uh, what was this? Was this a Grant Morrison one as well? Yes. Well, it's based. Yeah, it's based on Morrison's uh, like mid two thousands Batman and Robin run. Okay. Yeah, with Damian Wayne. Mm -hmm. So this is the first. This is actually a pretty cool fact. I didn't realize this. Besides, technically Christopher Nolan's movie, but <laughs> it will introduce the Bat family and uh, Robin for this movie. So who is returning to live action for the first time since? 1997's Batman and Robin. But Damian Wayne, for those of you that don't know, is Batman's biological son and doesn't find out until he's, I think, what does he say? It's like 10 or 12, uh, 10 years, first eight to 10 years in, in yeah. Wayne's life. I have read some Batman stories with Damian Wayne. Um, he is an absolute insane badass. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the few children that scares me um, just because everything he's in, he's like, he's like a little ninja, basically. I mean, think of him as like a, I'm trying to think of be like a almost like a black widow in a sense, right? You know, indoctrinated at a very young age and trained. And uh, if I'm remembering right, isn't he trained by like Raza Ghoul or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so he so he's uh Talia Al Ghul's uh, so Talia Al Ghul oh, is trained. Right. Uh, he's so he's the daughter of Talia or son of Talia Talia Al Ghul and the grandson of Raza Al Ghul. Al Ghul. So so he so in growing up he has this this tug and pull of the, of Talia trying to pull him into the League of Assassins, versus, and then once uh, Bruce learns about him, he, Bruce pulling him to the side of justice that Bruce fights for and everything. So it's always that con he always has that constant pull, uh, give and pull from his family members, you know, because both yeah. of them want him to be part. Oh, Kevin froze, um, but I think uh, he's talking about the uh, kind of the push and pull between those two sides, which is uh, it's a very interesting dynamic. And again, something that we have never seen in the Batman films before uh, and something I'm super excited to see because I know I don't know about you, Kevin, but the uh, uh, I mean, we saw it a little. We didn't really see it a lot in the movies, um, a little bit, but especially in the comics, Robin was just always like a. Why is this guy even with Batman? Like Batman doesn't even care about Robin. Like he's, oh, Robin, go do these things for me. And it's like some kid who's, it's like, I know he, you know, it's his ward and whatnot. And I think, you know, Robin lost his parents, but just the idea that's his actual biological son, I think adds such a nice layer to it to where Batman's got a lot that he's going to have to deal with from a father standpoint. You know, if he didn't even know that he had a son and now he does, you know, there's great mm -hmm. dynamics there too. Um, but yeah, and, and this is something as well that it's a Tom King uh, I think is going to be helping write it too. And and for those of you that don't know, again, Tom, Tom King is incredible. He was supposed to do The New Gods with mm -hmm. uh, Ava DuVernay. Um, he's a former Marine. 
uh, and his right oh, uh, CIA agent. or CIA agent. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Ooh. And he, he's, just, he is a, you know, regardless of if you like what he writes, he's a brilliant writer. Like his, I've never seen someone write the way that he does. He has a very distinct style. That's just a lot of not even dialogue, but it's just a lot of, I don't know how to even describe it. He's a really good writer. I mean, check out his best ones I'd say is uh, what's the guy, Mr. Miracle. His Mr. Mr. Miracle, Miracle one good. was awesome. Vision. The Vision the, comic yeah, Visions over Marvel, Marvel was amazing. Yep. And um, one of his first ones at DC was Grayson, which was a time in, when Dick Grayson, who's the first Robin, a Nightwing, was a, a, a essentially an agent, a spy agent or whatever. And that mm. that was one of his first series, and that was really, really good. Nice, yeah. I'm um, sure he pulls a lot of that uh, CIA history into, he does. <laughs> yeah. into his stuff. But man, I always wanted to ask him, like, you know, what part of his work was he doing where he's like, you know what? I'm done with the CIA. I think I could make it as a writer in comics. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he must be just a really good writer. Yeah. Really cool. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this one. Uh, I'm finally glad we're going to see a proper Robin and hopefully, and hopefully beyond when they do say the bat family, we actually do see the bat family. Cause there's the yes. comics is more than just, it's just more than Batman now, you know, and there's so many great characters and hopefully they cast somebody who's, uh a season like it's not a batman starting out like obviously if if they're gonna follow the comic history damien is the uh one two three four fifth fifth robin so um hopefully they will have a a older batman to thus say we can bring in the former robins who are now known as something else and be like oh yeah they were like it'll you can make it work in your head or whatever you know so but i hope that they do even if it is focused on the two of them you do have the other characters like i do hope we see a nightwing in there or nightwing see, batgirl um, t- yeah tim drake or um uh, he was the third robin or uh jason todd as red hood you know some at least night i think if nightwing were to pop up that would be pretty good because part of uh um Grant Morrison's run was also when Bruce wasn't uh, when Bruce had died in the comics. So uh, mm. Dick Grayson became Batman. And so that really built up the, like the brother relationship between Damien and, uh, and uh, Dick. So I, I hope that he at least is incorporated in this Bat family and plays a role as well um, in that film. But yeah, I'm very excited for this because it, it's finally bringing other aspects of Batman to screen that like, I feel like, I feel like the dark Knight. um, uh, BVSs to an extent and Batfleck and even now the the um uh Robert Pattinson Batman like they're all like of this they feel like they're of the similar cloth in a sense like let's get some like a little brighter Batman a little bit yeah I was gonna say you know they could they could almost do the blue suit Batman and make it really tasteful right of like Mm -hmm. a dark blue or something like that but have it be blue nonetheless Mm -hmm. um would be a great way and I will say too I read a piece of it um in another article I don't remember if you shared that one around Batgirl and their their talk about you know it made sense to cancel it which at this point based on everything they've said I trust them that that you know they're being honest with that that it was not a releasable film uh, they said that it was too it would have much harmed, of a small screen kind of movie. It would have which, harmed. They said it would have harmed the DC universe, like the reputation of it, as well as they felt some of the people like working on it. Like yeah. they didn't. They weren't trying to take away from the contributions or like what was done, but like as mm-hmm. a whole, they were just like, it was a good decision to shelve this. You yeah. know. But they did say that Batgirl is going to be coming in one way or another, just obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, part of the plan. So, again, you know, we're getting into that same thing that people have been struggling with with the phase four of Marvel of just got to give them a little bit of patience. You got to wait a little bit. Uh, We can't have all of our food at once. We got to eat it in small doses. So um, uh, that is Batman Brave and the Bold. So next one. Oh, this one's got me really pumped up. Um, Because this was one of, uh, back in the day, so I actually, the only DC comics I've really gotten into are a couple of the classics, and then I really got into DC, was it the the New 52, when that rebirth came? Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the ones I'd picked up was the, the trade paperback for Supergirl. And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, wow. Like, I don't know. I loved Supergirl. I thought it was a really interesting story. And that is this one, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, which is based on Tom King's run on the comics. So, again, here we are again, uh, which is a recent one. Yeah, this um, is a this is re this is po, uh, if any DC fan, this is, I think, around rebirth and a rebirth infinite front. I think it's an infinite frontier, which is that technically are we are now past infinite frontier in the comics. Hmm, um, OK. But it's it is a more relatively recent one. Um, I I haven't read it because uh, yeah, Supergirl was never 
I, I was I enjoyed the CW show, you know, but I was never drawn mm-hmm. to reading her stories or anything. But yeah, being Tom King, I'm not surprised that there is something in it that Gunn and Saffron saw that um, wanted them to, to specifically adapt this comic to the film. Yeah, yeah. And um, they said, we see the difference between Superman, who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant, versus Supergirl, who was raised on a rock chip off Krypton and watched everyone around her die and be killed off in terrible ways for the first 14 years of his life. He, uh, James Gunn called Supergirl much more hardcore, um, but also that this series involves Crypto the Superdog as well, the, the comics. So this one has possibility of being a really dark movie, also a really fun movie. I don't know how they'll pull that off, but again, that seems like it's right down James Gunn's alley. So, um, and, and just thinking with Safran too, right? You're mer- merging uh, kind of the DC side of things and the, the horror conjuring side of things with the work that he's done. And mm-hmm. I think that lends things really well to this next one, which mm-hmm. is uh, DC's answer to man thing, Swamp Thing. Uh, and I love Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is one of my favorite DC characters. So when they announced this, uh, and this is what you know blew my mind. It says, easily the most extreme example of their conviction. I'm like, extreme? Swamp Thing to me has always been a very popular character. I think a lot of people like him. They they attempted to make a TV show. They attempted to make movies about him in the past. It just never worked out. And so they're saying, you know, we want to investigate the dark origins of Swamp Thing through the prism of horror. Uh, so again, Safran's saying this, so he's got the chops for it with mm-hmm. Annabelle, the nun. Um, by way of explaining further, Gunn referenced the reactions to Guardians of the Galaxy joining the Marvel Universe and how people were questioning Rocket Raccoon would work standing next to Thor. And he says that mashup quality is one of the highlights of Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. And he says that we're going to one-up that approach in Swamp Thing, which I know is just a marketing tool because there's no way that Swamp Thing is going to one-up Infinity War. And that's okay. That's fine. Um, and who knows? If they do, I'm okay with that too. But um, this is much a much more horrific film, but we'll still have Swamp Thing interact with other characters. So, uh, again, just a lot of excitement around that one too. Swamp Thing is... Uh, Again, very sort of different from Man Thing. I don't think he's as you know celestial in that sense, but it's basically a guy who goes into the swamp, and uh, I think there's an experiment or something. I mean, are you super familiar with Man Thing or uh, a little bit? Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. The scientist Alec Holland, uh, yeah, right. goes into like the Louisiana swamp and like yeah, so, like something. I think he gets shot, I think, and then he like falls into the swamp or something like that. Yeah. I'm trying to remember I have the facsimile edition of that comic I bought a Yeah, I'm trying to think because I, I did want they did recently make uh the DC Universe uh streaming series uh for Swamp Thing. It lasted one season and eventually came over to I watched it when they re aired it on the CW. I mean it was okay. It wasn't mm-hmm super great but it wasn't horrible by any means i definitely liked where they were going in the the prosthetic suit that they made was really great it was really cool but i i really love this one too because like you said uh, swamp thing is very much in the horror aspect of uh the dc universe so i'm when you read that it was the most extreme example like that's true like everything else is kind of like your front like shiny characters or whatever in a sense and like this one's very horror and i know they've been trying for a while there had been rumors for jj abrams trying to do like um it's called the justice league dark that's like it's a relatively new comics team and but like that's more of like the horror occult magic users or whatever so but swamp thing in and of itself is always a big part of the big universe events in DC. And he's interacted with the justice league and all these characters. So like he, it's not odd for him to like be in this position, but having him in this film, I, I feel, I hope they do bring in some of these justice league darker characters so, like around him. Like so Zatanna then, or something. Yeah. Zatanna for sure. I'd lo- I'd love to see her. Um, I'd love to see her in, in this or even Constance, Constantine been, has been done a lot, but he could be around because he has a big from the comics, him and Swamp Thing are a big friendship and like partnership. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, ha- using him to anchor this horror side and then have it still like admittedly say, oh, it's going to connect with these other like the Superman and everything is really great to say. And yeah, definitely one to look forward to. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And that's the movie. So again, you know, not too many, uh, but just enough. Like I said, I think honestly, when we we talk about, um, you know, historical announcements, I think this is going to be one of the top ones because they they did not go overboard with this. This is a very respectful lineup. 
Um, we've got five television shows to share as well. Uh, and again, not five in a row. This is going to be over the span. I think they said of, you know, basically between next year and 2027. So a lot of time. And again, you know, we, we talk about shows. Sometimes it's hard to start them. So you got plenty of time to get into some of these. The first one is very interesting. Creature Commandos. Uh, something that, again, seems right up James Gunn's alley. Uh, an animated series for HBO Max. Uh, Creature Commandos were characters launched in the 80s. Uh, featured Frankenstein's monster teaming up with a werewolf, a vampire, and a gorgon to fight the Nazis in World War II. Sign me up. Uh, that sounds a lot like Werewolf by Night, if you ask me. But at the same time, again, I will take any horror I can get, any creatures I can get. Um, but it doesn't appear that James Gunn's going to take that exact approach. Weasel, one of the characters from Suicide Squad, is one of the commandos, along with Rick Flagg's dad, Rick Flagg Sr. Uh, and then it, it, this was this is what I really liked hearing. Animation, Gunn said, allows the creative collaborators to tell stories that are gigantic without spending $50 million an episode. So they're saving money in that regard, which as we know from uh, HBO and Discovery is a big thing on their ticket right now. But then also the characters who are acting as these characters in live action are going to be the ones doing the voices for them. So mm -hmm. they're taking essentially the Marvel what if approach. Uh, which again, we noticed was uh, semi-successful, I think. Um, I enjoyed most of them, but I know we did have some call-outs with some kind of nitpicks and certain voice performances from Sebastian Stan, I think was one of them that stands out in one of the, the What If episodes. But I love this approach. I've always been a fan of that, of just having the same people do it. I love that they're having that. Um, any other thoughts that you had around this one? Uh, yes, it. Uh, just making note that this is probably the first project that we're getting uh, of the gun saffron stuff, you know, it's the first, it's the first one that's going to come out. And then, then the next one we'll talk about, and then it'll be starting with the Superman, um, show or movie, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely interesting. I'm, uh, trying to pull up as, uh, I'm talking right now, uh, the, uh, to get the full list. But like you said, it's not going to follow the premise in the comics. Uh, we do. Uh, so the list that we have is, um, let me see where it is. Oh, yeah, it's going to be consist of Rick Flagg Sr., which you mentioned is uh, so the father of Rick uh, Flagg from the Suicide Squad. Uh, Nina Mazursky, not entirely sure who that is. Uh, Dr. Phosphorus, who is a Batman villain. Um, essentially, he's very gaseous and such. Um, Eric Frankenstein, which is Frankenstein's monster. Um, G.I. Robot uh, and Weasel. And then the lead character will be the Bride of Frankenstein. Hmm, which, wow. Um, yeah, so so a, a wide wide array of characters in this one, and yeah, that's a like, Suicide Squad if I've ever seen one. Yeah, <laughs> but um, like you said, the big thing is that they're getting whoever's they're getting people who can portray them across all the mediums, and that's how they're they're really trying to focus on. If you see this character, it's going to be one actor, one voice, one portrayer. You know, outside of the Elseworlds, which which they're trying going to be trying to make clear in some way or shape or form, but they did say once Superman legacy comes out, I, they think it should be clear, you know, but like when you see weasel, it's going to be, um, uh, Sean Gunn, you know, like he's probably very likely voicing or doing the voice effects or whatever. Cause he portrayed him in the suicide oh, squad, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I did uh, read, which will lead into the next one, is that um, the next show, Waller, is going to feature somebody, uh, someone in live action from this uh, Creature Commandos show. So a oh, great nice. tie-in uh, tie already. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, so yeah, the next one's Waller, which to me is one of the just <laughs> least exciting of all of them for me, only because, again, she's just a character that I haven't cared about at all based on her performances. So maybe, maybe a show will give some depth to her character. Um, it says that, you know, Peacemaker has been put on hold right now. Um, and again, that's completely normal. But the, most of the people who are working on Peacemaker are going to be working on this show. Crystal uh, uh, Henry, who's part of the DC Writer Room, uh, is going to be writing it. And then executive produced by Jeremy Carver, who uh, created Doom Patrol, which was canceled. Um, so again, you know, and they mentioned that with the piece, some of the people on Batgirl as well, where they're, they're recycling a lot of these jobs, which I really like seeing, right. Mm -hmm. We're going to bring them back and have them do something else. Um, again, not much else that's kind of on this for me. Um, but Kevin, was there any, any thoughts you had on this one? Um, I agree with you a uh, Waller. I'm like, I don't really care much for her as a character or whatever, but 
seeing as it's been essentially set, stated as being a uh, peacemaker season 1.5 kind of, I'm kind of thinking it as in a sense of the book of Boba Fett to the Mandalorian, you know, mm. like that bridge bridging it that way. Yeah. Um, and there should be characters or members of the team from peacemaker. Um, like the actual characters in the show, I'm excited because peacemaker was really great. So I'm hoping um, they can continue because we did get some of the storyline in there of one of the members of the, peacemaker team was waller's daughter and she kind of like revealed task force x the world at the end of that series you know so like where and they go from there the fallout or something yeah so i i hope i hope it, even though we'll be focusing on amanda waller i hope these supporting peacemaker characters do appear because that was such a great show and even though gun doesn't appear to be having much writing influence on it obviously he has the creative so he knows what's happening and is helping guide it you know i i do have faith in this even though if on yeah. paper it doesn't feel like um much excitement you know yeah yeah exactly again i'm sure as it gets closer you know when you get a trailer maybe it'll be really good and then we'll you know we'll change our minds um, next one up is Lanterns, which is a story about two people who work at the Coleman factory making lanterns. Uh, no, this is a uh, this is the Green Lanterns, basically. And uh, a couple interesting pieces from this as well. So it's going to have Hal Jordan. Um, for those of you unfamiliar, that was Ryan Reynolds's character. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is not in this, but um, basically the white Green Lantern. And then we also have Jon Stewart, who was one of DC's first black superheroes as the other Green Lantern. Both, um, I would say you're probably more familiar with him if you watched the animated mm -hmm. Justice League, uh, which I did. And he was he was awesome uh, in that. Uh, and I think that's something we've been waiting for for a while because I, I had a I feel like Jon Stewart was in like, uh, wasn't he in? the Zack Snyder justice league. There are something around that. that uh, there was a hint. Or am I, I thinking think of so, yes. Manhunter? Both. But, okay. Okay. Both. So yes, <laughs> there's been hints, teases, um, but here's, here's the interesting part. So they're investigating a mystery that Saffron says plays a really big role in leading us to the main story that we're telling across our film and television. So think of this as, um, you know, Iron Man two in that sense of, uh, finding an infinity. Well, it wouldn't have been Iron Man two, but whatever ones that were infinity stones, right. Um, kind of doing that. But also what's interesting is that, um, calling it true detective. Uh, and so they said that there was a prior green lantern show that got scrapped, uh, that was, uh, more of a space opera. And this one is more true detective. And here's the key terrestrial based investigation story which to me again or to hbo max discovery cha-ching dollar signs of uh we don't have to spend all our money on cgi in space let's just do it here on you know wherever they're going to be in the arizona desert or something like that uh, but i liked that i like this a lot because again people have been clamoring for a green lantern series they had promised a green lantern series that was supposed to be coming and not not only to give people that but then to tease them and be like, we're not even going to take you into space. Like you're going to fall in love with this show and then we'll take you into space in like a future movie. That's, that is such an exciting premise that that makes me really pumped for this one. Yeah. I'm, I'm slightly now that I've re read this a little bit and uh, slightly torn because yes, when that original project, it was from Greg Berlanti, the one who uh, did all the Arrowverse shows. Like it, mm -hmm. it did sound originally like very epic and very much. Oh, yeah. I think at the time it was supposed to be the biggest budget, budgeted show he Berlanti had ever worked on. Uh, they were going to focus it on uh, the Alan Scott uh, Green Lantern and the uh, Guy Gardner Green Lantern. They had cast those roles, but they were in the log lines and the premises they had said in the development, they were going to feature all like pretty much all the green lanterns Sinestro was going to be in there you know it's going to be very big out in space you know so that was super super exciting to do that and then obviously we get this and well previous to this um they had scrapped some of those plans and were then i think focusing more on john stewart only i believe with mm -hmm. the greg berlanti version and then now we get this version where we're doing hal and john which i think is a good a good uh good version to do both of those together and then but yeah I am slightly disappointed that we're just saying, oh, it's maybe just going to be Earth-based or terrestrial-based. I mean, you know there's going to be some space in it. There's of course, be a, yeah, yeah. There's backstory or something. Of course, but I feel like the Green Lanterns are just such a big thing in space. Like, yeah, I, I always am like, for me, when I know and learn about Green Lanterns, it's just like, 
it all it obviously rightfully because they're the most green lanterns from earth in the core in the comics and everything but it always comes back to earth but it's like you could do so much out in space and like some oh, of the yeah. more recent comics i've read uh had them like out in space and on different planets and all that and everything but i hope it, it, it's probably going to be too much too fast but i do hope that they at least bring in the premise of the other lantern cores because that's oh yeah um, i feel when the movie came out uh, i'm trying to think of my timing uh i think all the other colors were there but it was definitely around blackest day brightest night that jeff johns wrote which was like pretty much seminal green lantern stuff but there's definitely been a whole lot of uh some of the green lanterns that we know have gone to different colors and back and some yeah. are the, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing, but I hope that they tease that. Cause that's also a big thing that like separates it from Marvel and that, and uh, their space stuff or like the guardians is that like, you have all these different emotional spectrums and cores that you can tap into and stuff. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Cause I, I have been excited for re having recently in the past 10 or so years, read more Green Lantern comics, known about them, followed them. And yeah, this, when the original HBO match max project was coming, I was like, Ooh, this will be really good. And I'm glad that they're still keeping. And even in the back in 2014 or whatever, there was going to be a Green Lantern Corps movie, I think that they announced and that all fizzled out, you know, cause it was like, uh, Zack Snyder was going to introduce the justice league and then the Green Lanterns were going to come, you know, and then that all imploded and everything. So I'm glad they're keeping the lanterns as part yeah. of this, opening chapter of the this this new gods and monsters and everything yeah they're almost the equivalent of the inhumans at this point of just you know there's a huge dedicated fan base that wants this mm -hmm. but it just keeps either being something really bad or uh it, it, it always you know falls through so no i think you know if they're smart which again everything on this today has indicated that they are that's the direction that they would head into is let's have this be the tease. Let's have this be the thing that gets people in the door. And maybe it is something where something happens where Hal Jordan is and um, John Stewart shows up and he's like, who the hell are you? And he's like, I'm a green lantern. You know, I, I detected a disturbance and he's like, I thought I was the only green lantern. And then it's like, ah, you know, we explore the, you know, the, the all the green lanterns and all that. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> super cool. Uh, okay, next show, uh, which for first time I watched this, I thought it was a movie and I got excited, but it is a show called Paradise Lost, which is based on the uh, island of Themyscira. Uh, those of you familiar from Wonder Woman takes place before Wonder Woman is born. Uh, which is very interesting, calling it a Game of Thrones type story, which I know we get that thrown around so much, um, but that's okay. It's really about political intrigue behind a society of all women. Uh, and uh, James Gunn added, how did that come about? What's the origin of an island of all women? What are all the beautiful truths and the ugly truths behind all of that? And what's the scheming like between the different power players? I mean, I'd be curious to see, you know, maybe it's a backstory where, the king starts to gaslight the queen and all of the women just say, that's it. We're done with men. See ya. And then they kick him out. This could be a really good comedy. Uh, I, I, <laughs> it'd be funny. Uh, but it says provocative title recalls paradise Island lost comic series. That was by Phil Jimenez and George Perez, the late George Perez, which followed a civil war on the mascara. However, wonder woman was in that story. So what more do we know about it beyond that? I have no idea, but again, you give me a period piece of a all women society that's the amazons sign me up i'm there that the you know, instant instant watch for that one uh especially because you know there's going to be a wonder woman in it like you know whether that's in the last episode or something somebody either gal gadot is going to show up or or whoever it is that they cast as a new wonder woman um there's got to be something for it because again all of these things just seem like such power this is this is the power of marvel and they're harnessing it of let's make a self-contained story about something and then maybe we drop some breadcrumbs in and have it build out later and uh they you know they and james gunn was at marvel so he knows the success of that strategy and it's it shows like this that show me that i think i think that's the direction they're going in. yeah this one i i have to say it's probably my got me very much the least excited um i do remember i think uh patty jenkins had mentioned that she had an idea for like a prequel set amazonian Themyscira oh series i so i don't know how much of that is being pulled through or not or whatever but like i read this premise and like yeah like you said a whole an all-woman society and seeing all that that sounds pretty cool but like 
this doesn't intrigue me very much. You know, I, I'm going to have to see some trailers, concept art and, or story ideas to get a little more excited. But like, just based on the first thing, I'm like, this, this doesn't <laughs> all women's society. Doesn't that mean it's perfect? So there wouldn't be any problems in this society. Uh, you know, we'll have to see. We'll have to yeah. wait and see. But yeah, but, but uh, on paper, on paper, this one is, um, not, it's not doing anything for me. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I have to wait. I gotta see see more. Gotta see more. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And this, uh, so the last one we have on here is Booster Gold, which is um, something that I know a lot. I'm seeing you. You've gotten the fist pumps going over there, which is great. I know nothing about this character, but uh, it's as many people probably aren't familiar with this. More of a cult character named Mike Carter, who uh, is a loser from the future who uses basic future technology, basic being a time machine, to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. So apparently he's in the 25th century, uh, a disgraced former football star uh, who uses a time machine at the Metro Space Museum. So um, uh, funny enough, Gunn says, uh, basically Booster Gold is imposter syndrome as a superhero. If we don't get a fill of the future in this as well, um, <laughs> but actually, I know he was, a t- wasn't he a 22nd century man? Uh, we're, we're in the 25th Might century it. at this point. But yeah. uh, again, something like this, kind of like the last one you were saying on paper, Cool. Sounds sounds like something, right? You know, once we get a little more info, I'll probably get more excited about it. But concept certainly sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, I admittedly don't know super a lot of Booster Gold from the comics, but I, I do know a little bit. And yeah, he's he's a real fun character that it does did say in the announcement that it's going to pro- be a comedy, you know, a, like a straight up comedy. So that's going to be add some great things in there. And I know they've been working to get Booster Gold. Like again, Greg Berlanti has been circling a Booster Gold thing for like ever. Mm, and it just yeah, feels yeah. like it's always just like people have been trying to get it done. And just like, again, nobody wanted to like pull the trigger and do anything, but a uh, really cool character and definitely one that uh, I think some uh, people can um, latch onto and uh, will probably enjoy and stuff, you know, cause they could, uh, it's in, in a way like they could see it, like, even though he's from the future, like he's trying to come to our time to be a superhero. So like people can probably latch onto that and understand it. He has a great, uh, has a little robot psychic named uh, Skeet, I think, or Skeeter or something. Who's like, I think he's a little sarcastic or whatever, but so that'll be fun to have a little like AI buddy next to him and everything, you know, so um, should have some good uh, interplay and everything. And he also forms a really great uh, friendship with a uh, blue beetle, which Ooh. again, uh, what the Ted Cord version, you know, so uh, who knows what's happening with that uh, in that movie. But uh, Gunn did say they did say that for the titles that are coming out this year, uh, Shazam, that's leading right into the Flash and Flash is going to reset everything. Yep. And then that goes into Blue Beetle, which uh, they did say is disconnected from things. But that character can exist in the DCU if necessary, <laughs> you know, and then and then we have um, Aquaman, the final Aquaman, and then all that will build into Superman, but they essentially were saying that like from basically from uh, creature commandos, which is sounds like the first official project from then on, everything there will be Canon and connected. And um, they did say uh, just pulling up some of these quotes, which I feel I can skim through and uh, we can talk about some of these too, as we conclude, but he was saying too, that like, somebody asked, where does the suicide squad, like his fit into this? And Gunn basically said, basically anything pre creature commandos will be like a rough memory of what happens in the DCU. And then once we get to Superman, like anything can be changed. So they're they're incorporating they're but also rebooting at the same time, you know, it's, it's it's a weird soft reboot, soft reboot. Yeah. But, that's kind of where we're at, I think. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that because, yeah, I, I, he mentioned that in the video I watched as well. That um, was he said Shazam comes out this year. Um, so he said Shazam's always felt a little bit separate from the mm-hmm. DC universe. Obviously, they reference thing, but he said they kind of he does his own thing. Uh, and then he did say Flash is going to reset everything or reset the universe, which is great. I'm always excited for that sort of stuff. And then, yeah, you got Blue Beetle and Aquaman as well coming out. So any uh, any final thoughts on the announcements, Kevin, as we wrap up here? Uh, yeah, so I mean, just looking over some of these last things, uh, I'll we'll point out we did mention in some of our project um, the, that writing team. Uh, so Gunn said uh, Tom King 
is uh, has been working with him throughout all this. They, he did mention Grant Morrison has been a help, but I don't think Morrison is uh, officially writing it as part of this writing uh, team or whatever. We have a uh, Crystal Henry who's doing Waller, uh, Christina Hodson who wrote The Flash, and I think also did Batgirl and maybe uh, Birds of Prey, maybe Hodson, maybe I'm not sure, uh, but she definitely wrote The Flash. Uh, is working in this. Uh, Drew Goddard, who people may know. Uh, I, he's, uh, did Daredevil the first season and has been trying to get a Sinister Six movie working like forever is working on this. And then, uh, Jeremy Slater, who was the, uh, showrunner of Moon Knight is also working on this. Ooh, so the, nice. yeah, so, so all of them have been working on, on all this together. Um, again, as we said, uh, they have some loose release dates for things and, uh, but can move things around if necessary. Um, Gunn did mention, regarding um the, the slate like he was asked like why should dc fans trust this and he basically said because i've done this before in marvel like i i know i've nice. done this before you know so he's putting his experience where his mouth is you know and doing that um yeah so i'm just trying to skim some of this quickly for all this yeah and one of the big things that we brought up was uh how they're really trying to put the writers together and to making sure like the writers putting are the, the writers first yeah putting the writers first and like making it more of like a tv tv forefront of where the writer is probably is more king than the, the director you know where in film yeah. directors more of that um and as you said we're they're thinking two about two movies and two hbo max series a year and um as we said this is uh, these 10 projects are part of chapter one called gods and monsters but there are there's more chapter one to come at some point as well and then as we said there will be a chapter two that'll go through these eight to ten years and then that'll like finish this saga that they're hoping for and everything and uh let me see just trying to see if there's any other um big things to point out yeah again dc elseworlds is happening so the batman part two the sequel to the joker he they even mentioned uh, teen titans go the kids oh, animated yeah. series like that'll be um they did mention superman and lois on the cw might continue for a couple more seasons that would be part that and any Arrowverse adjacent would be part of this Elseworlds and everything you know so um and but even though the DC universe exists as a multiverse there this these stories are all focusing on one universe so essentially yeah. the 616 universe yeah. Earth 1 as it's called in um in DC comics so or prime earth prime you know so mm -hmm. uh yeah th that's the gist of it but yeah like we like i said at the beginning uh we were using a variety article to follow everything and then yeah this gizmodo uh q a if you want to just search for that it, it does have fuller answers and these general questions that were asked that have more info that might find you might find interesting if you want to know a little bit more but as alex you as you did say if you just want the nuts and bolts of it uh watch james gunn video on his twitter probably on his instagram as well uh you just get six minutes of here are the projects. These are the genuine thoughts that we're feeling about it. And it's a good way to, um, to just get an idea of what's going on. Yeah. And I, I just echo that. And in, in terms of my takeaway from this is that video, um, that video says so much, uh, you know, just in the way that he presents everything. Uh, and again, just, you know, loving the confidence and just loving the, the finally, finally, we have a direction for the DC universe, which, uh, despite, you know, everything I've said about a lot of their movies, they deserve. Um, just like any studio deserves if they're trying to make a universe type situation like this. It's the future of movies in some ways. And so um, for them to finally be able to have the ship righted um, makes me feel good. I'm hopefully it makes a lot of fans out there feel good as well. And for those of you that are upset, you know, that you know, the Snyder verse isn't happening or anything like that. Sorry. But uh, hey, you've still got all those Snyderverse movies that you can watch over and over and over again. Um, but that is going to do it for us here at Comics and Cinema. Thank you all so much for listening. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. It was a blast. Yeah, thanks so much, Alex. It's always great talking about these new project announcements, be it DC or Marvel, you know. So uh, when I saw it, I was like, I, I knew, I figured you would be talking about it. And I was happy to, uh, you allowed me to come on and uh, share my thoughts with you as well and uh, helpfully inform some people. And yeah, like yeah. you said, I... Um, I, I agree that the way Gunn presented everything, I, I I feel like we've seen this before in the past where it, to an extent with Marvel, but like even past DC or even uh, Universal trying to get the monster, monster dark universe yep. happening. Yep. And that, didn't, you know, it feels like a lot of uh, cart before the horse type situations, but it, it, it feels like Gunn with his experience in Marvel, say what you will, but he, he knows he's seen how Marvel's done it. 
he yep. has he has his own ideas of it, but he also knows what has worked and seen what hasn't and whatever. And so I feel like no hearing him say, "Oh yeah, we've been working for the past I think he said a couple of weeks or whatever with all these writer writers like they've mapped out they have their their big points that they mapped out on the eight to ten year plot. Does that mean it's going to stick in stone? Maybe, maybe not. You know, they have flexibility, but like without that, and that, like this is also to what sort of doomed the sequel series of Star Wars. Like they didn't map anything out. Like they were just like, oh, we're going to do three movies, and like you know that's where yeah. that kind of went off the rails too. Like the, it, saying that we're focusing on story first and knowing what the goal is, what the arc is and where, and then there's probably room for it. Like if something really exceeds popularity and pops off and they can slot something in that wasn't originally yep. there or whatever, you know? So um, to me, just obviously knowing gun and liking gun myself, like I, it does feel different. And I mean, I hope they succeed, but you know, it still could be the same. It could be the same story we've been telling of DC starts it and it just falls flat again. And then, none of this, like we, we see these 10 projects and maybe we don't get more beyond that, you know, but I think going in a TV and animated medium as well, and not all films is helpful now, but obviously back in 2014, that wasn't really the style yet, you know? So I feel it's going to help diversify so you can get different stories in different styles and whatnot and get various facets and then still have this overarching narrative that we've all come to love for the most part uh, in the MCU and such, you know? Yep. Yeah. I'm very excited for that. And you're absolutely right. You know, the, the flag, we said the flag has been planted and now they just have to follow through. And to all of you young entrepreneurs out there, here's your message again, that if you want to create a business, you need a strategy and that strategy cannot be make movie. Uh, it has to be a lot more than that. And now they're finally starting to realize that. So for comics and cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you all so much for listening and we will see you at the movies. Thank you.